reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom, Yedidim. Shalom, friends. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, I'm thinking about your life and uh, the way you have um, just walked humbly before God ever since I've known you now for what going on? Uh, 38. 38 years. And um, I'm thinking particularly of the time when Alyssa, our daughter, was a young girl and she was in a very critical health condition and how you just kept such a humble heart towards the Lord during that time. And Cynthia, the reason I'm bringing that up is it kind of reminds me of Hannah. Hannah was going through a very, very difficult time in her life, as many of our viewers know. She was not able to conceive. And yet during this time of not being able to conceive, this crisis in her life, she stayed so humble before the Lord. Um, Honey, it just seems like it's a natural gift that God gave you to be able to maintain this posture before Him, whether things are going well or things are more difficult. It's a tough place to be in the tough times, but I, what I love is her perseverance, and I think that's what you're talking about, is that, that perseverance. We must persevere to the end through thick and thin, looking to the Lord and trusting that He's going to bring us through to the next level, and He's going to bless and keep us. Shalom uvracha, beloved ones. Peace and blessings to you. We are in our final message now of season two of a series that I've called Hannah's Song. We say in Hebrew, Hannah, Hannah's Song. I'm going to go back and review at the very end of the broadcast today the entire content that I began with weeks ago, but I want to pick up immediately now where I left off in verse number 9 of chapter 2 of the book of 1 Samuel. Hannah is praising God after God opened her womb and she gave birth to the prophet Samuel. She came to the temple, dedicated him there in the presence of Eli the priest, and after dedicating Samuel to the Lord, she burst out into this song or into this prayer. So I'm going to pick up where I left off with now in verse number 9. Once again, 1 Samuel chapter 2. She's praising the Lord and she says, He keeps the feet of His godly ones. Now I want to remind us again today that we can't just interpret this as a poetic pleasantry. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes we read the Word of God and we secretly think to ourselves, maybe without even realizing it, Oh, that's nice. We think that's nice, but deep in our kishkas, deep in our gut, deep in our soul, isn't it true, beloved, that oftentimes we don't really believe it? We think that's nice. It rolls off our back like water off a duck's back. It doesn't really impact us. We don't really take a hold of it as a saving lightning bolt, the Word of God that will save us, but we just kind of receive it the same way we would reading a greeting card by, by some greeting card company. No, beloved, either the Word of God is filled with truth and life and has the power to save, or it's just a poetic pleasantry. I'm here to say to you today that the Word of God is living and active, and it is the power to redeem us from the darkness. So with that in mind, think about what Hannah said here. He, speaking of Hashem, speaking of God, He keeps the feet of His godly ones. 
Now, what can we take away from this? He keeps the feet of his godly ones. I remember when I first became a believer, and again, I'm going to tell a story about what I experienced when I first started going to churches, but it's different than the experience that you've heard me share on the previous broadcast. I remember as a young Jewish believer going to church for the first time at the age of 20 years old, and what I began to see was that many people had no security in their salvation. One week, supposedly, they got saved. Two or three weeks later, weeks later, they thought they lost their salvation. And it wasn't a matter of God hanging on to them. It was a matter of them hanging on to God. And in some of these churches, the uh, pastor would preach a message. And at the end of every message, he or she would give an altar call for people to come forward to get saved. And the same people would be coming forward to get saved like every other week. And I thought, God, if it's up to me to keep myself saved, then I can never have any confidence in my relationship with you. Because I know if it's up to me, Lord, I'm not going to make it. Because I knew myself. But the Bible says, though we are faithless, he remains faithful. Even though we are faithless at times, he remains faithful. David said, though I stumble, I will not fall, for his right hand upholds me. David said, his gentleness has made me great. Beloved, I'm not giving people an excuse to sin, but I'm speaking to those of you that truly have been redeemed of the Lord. I'm speaking to those of you that God has really brought into a covenant relationship with himself. I'm speaking to you if you really have a big yes in your heart to God. You want to love him. You want to obey him. You're really trying to put him first in your life. You're trying to discipline yourself. You're living the best you know how. You're struggling. You're trying, but you're still falling. I want you to know God will keep you. You don't have to get saved again every single week. Listen to what Hannah said. He keeps the feet of his godly ones. I want you to know you can trust your God to keep you. Paul said, I am confident that he is able to keep what I've entrusted to him against that day. He's able to keep us, the scripture says, from falling. And so I want to encourage you today. If you've come from a theology that teaches that, you know, today you're saved, but, you know, a week from now you lose confidence, you get discouraged, and you don't know if you're saved anymore. I want you to know if deep in your heart there's a tenderness for the Lord, deep in your heart you love him, you want to know him, you want to obey him, if you're truly striving to overcome sin, to master the lusts that are in the world. If you're truly striving to put him first in your life by waking up in the morning and giving him the first part of your day, not that I'm trying to make that legalism, but that if we really want to put him first, we got to begin the day with putting him first and talking to him all day long and examining the thoughts that you're having, you're having all day long and being self-aware of the words that you're speaking all day long so that they're all being brought into alignment with him. Not that you're perfect, but that you're truly trying to live under his lordship. I want you to know, beloved, you can trust him. You could trust his tenderness to keep you. 
And this is what Hannah or Hannah is saying here. He's able to keep his godly ones from falling. Verse number nine, he keeps the feet of his godly ones. Beloved, you can trust him to keep you. And then she continues, but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. So not by might shall a man prevail. Wicked ones are here today, they're gone tomorrow. The older we get, the more we see this. Everybody dies. Many die in the prime of life. They can't take anything with them. They might impress the world for a few years, but at the end, they're empty. They're chaff in the wind. They have nothing. They can't take anything with them when they leave this world. Jesus said to the rich man that thought he had God on top because he had made a lot of money, you fool. Don't you know that today your souls require of you? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? So we can't be deceived by what we see in the world around us because what's here today in the world is gone tomorrow. Riches don't last. Beauty doesn't last. Fame doesn't last. None of it lasts. It's all like chaff in the wind. The wicked ones, she said, are silence in the darkness, for not by might shall a man prevail. She continues, those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them he will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth and he will give strength to his king. I want to comment on these words. The Lord will, will judge the ends of the earth. You see, this is what the church has lost a passion for. This is what the church has shrunk back from. The spiritual and biblical and actual reality that God is going to judge everybody that's ever lived. He's, he said, it's appointed for man once to die, and then comes the judgment. Listen to what Hannah said here. He will judge the world. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. Everybody that has ever lived is going to give an account to Hashem for their life. And the Bible says, once again, it's appointed for man once to die, and then comes the judgment. Straight and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Everyone's name that was not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life was cast into the lake of fire. See, this is what the church is backed off from. This is what the church no longer believes. The church doesn't believe in judgment anymore. If we really believed in judgment, we wouldn't shrink away from declaring Jesus, who said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life and no man comes to the Father but through me. But because we're of the earth, unfortunately, and we're judging everything by our culture and by what's politically correct, and because we're taking our moral doctrine from what the society says is morally right or wrong, rather than by what the Word says, we're not an apostolic church. We're not preaching the reality that judgment is going to fall upon the world and it's going to happen sooner than we think. And beloved, if we're faithful, we'll be his witnesses. Jesus gave the apostolic mandate to the church. You shall be my witnesses. Preach the gospel to all creation. And then the end will come. I want to encourage you and I today. Not only do we need to be serious in living our life for Jesus, but we need to become serious and courageous in proclaiming him to our friend, neighbors, work associates, families, that he is the only way and that God will judge the living and the dead, and that every man will have to give an account for their deeds because God has created man in his own image with free will. Today is the day of salvation. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. 
in Jesus' name be made whole. Bring this woman up right here. Hold her up right here. Another powerful deliverance of demonic spirits that we saw, beloved, involved a woman that began to explosively manifest demons as I preached the Word of God one night. I exercised authority over the demons in that woman, but it was necessary for that woman to get completely free for her to confess that she had authority in Jesus' name over the demons that had invaded her life. We began to work with her, but she would not confess that she had authority over those demons that had invaded her space. Over demons. Julia, my people. The demons. The demons. The demons. Finally, after much effort on our part, we got the woman to step forward in faith to take authority in Jesus' name over the demons. And once she confessed that she had authority because Jesus is her Lord over those demons, beloved, it was at that point that she was set free. That Jesus Christ is Lord. I now in you, Jesus have authority and power over demons. The purpose of discovering the Jewish Jesus is to evangelize and make disciples through the preaching of the gospel to Israel and the world. But this can only be accomplished through faithful partnership from viewers like you. If God is moving on your heart to become a monthly partner, call 800-777-7835 or visit rabbipartners.com. When you become a monthly partner, Rabbi would like to impart into your life with a very special gift, an authentic shofar made in Israel. The shofar proclaims Yeshua's return and announces the kingdom of God upon the earth. Begin your monthly partnership today. Hannah continues on here. He will give strength to his king. This is in reference to the Messiah. And will exalt the horn of his anointed. This is again the Messiah. The Messiah will reign just as Jesus declared that he would, that everyone will come under the obedience of Messiah. The Bible says that because Yeshua humbled himself unto death, that the Lord has given him a name above all names, that the name of Jesus, 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 Yeshua, the Messiah, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the anointed one. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's coming back again to rescue his own and to deal out retribution to those that do not know him or, or obey the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. So, beloved, Hannah delivers her child, the prophet Samuel. She gives God's glory. And in her song, she covers many themes as we wrap up today. She began in verse number one. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth will speak boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. And I want to say to you and I today, we need to stir ourselves up, encourage ourselves in Hashem to praise Him like Hannah did, to thank Him, to declare Him to our own heart every day. 
Hannah said, I'm going to speak boldly of your name. I'm going to rejoice in you. My horn is going to exalt in you. When you get down, when you and I feel discouraged, we have to say, Father God, I love you. I want to remain faithful to you in this difficult season that I'm in right now. And so, Father, I want to tell you right now that I love you. Even in this season of discouragement that I'm walking through, even in this wilderness, I want to say to you, Father, that I love you, that I want to be faithful to you, that I want to praise you today because, Father, at the end of the day, Christ in me is the hope of glory. Messiah in me is my life, that my life isn't determined by what's going on in my circumstances. Circumstances are always changing. Circumstances come and go. But my life is hidden with Christ in God. And so, Father, because I am in you, because you've always been faithful to me, I'm going to choose to praise you today and rejoice in you today. I'm going to choose to use your word today to be my weapon today against the spiritual forces of darkness and against my enemies. And I'm going to rejoice in your salvation. I'm going to choose to love and I'm going to choose to overcome even as I walk through the valley of death. And then she says in verse number two, there is no one like the Lord. There's no one holy like the Lord. What is holy? What does the word kadosh mean? It means completely unique, completely separate. Everything else is created and passing away. But our relationship, our identity, our life source is not in those things that we see with our eyes. It's not in what is here today and gone tomorrow. Those things are just a vapor. It's in the Lord. He's holy. He's uncreated. And because we know the Lord is holy, we can remain secure and stable. Indeed, she continues, there's no one besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. And then she says, because of this, because of this reality of this knowledge, because he is so far beyond us, because his ways are past finding out, because he's beyond knowing fully, because he's God, she said, therefore, boast no more so very proudly. You know, we're so quick to make judgments about people and about situations. I would have done that or I would have handled it this way. So much of it, it's just, I won't even say the word. It's just, it's just pride. It's vanity. We don't know. Do we know what someone's motives are? We think that our, our perspective is the ultimate perspective. So we sit around judging everybody, judging everything. But when we realize that God alone is God, that his ways are so far above our ways, that he's doing things on earth right now that are beyond our comprehension, that we can only evaluate things in the temporal based on what's going on now, that God has a much bigger purpose in everything that we might not be privy to. So our best response is oftentimes to keep our mouth shut. When someone asks us what we think, rather than giving our opinion so quickly, we should keep our mouth shut or simply say, God knows, only God knows. And so she comes from that place of keeping her mouth closed. She said, therefore, boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, not you and not me. He's the God of knowledge. Let's walk, beloved, under his lordship with humility and contriteness.
And with him, actions are weighed, she says. What does that mean? We can't weigh the actions of what is going on around us fully because it's with him that the actions are weighed. We're going to see at the end that God had a purpose in things that was way bigger than anything that we can perceive right now. So let's be quick to hear and slow to speak. She said in verse 4, The bows of the mighty are shattered, but the feeble gird on strength. And then she says that the world's going to be turned upside down when the kingdom of God is fully come. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread. They once were full, now they're hiring themselves out for bread. But those who were hungry ceased hunger. In other words, those that were rich and full, now they're having to beg. But those that were poor, now they're full. This is what Jesus taught, that the first will be last and the last will be first. Those that were barren will give birth. And the one that had many children languishes. Everything's going to be turned upside down. We need to be living for another reality rather than the present reality. Jesus said, build up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy or where thieves don't come in and steal. Not on earth where it all vanishes away so quickly. She's talking here about another reality that's coming quickly. I'm 62 years old as of this airing. You know what? So much of my life is going to be changing. My body's going to be getting older. Everything's going to change. But God lasts forever. I'm getting close to enter into an eternal reality, to put on an immortal body, to live in a city that will never decay. So, beloved, let's live for that everlasting city, not for this world. That's what she's speaking of here. There's another reality that we need to be living for, the eternal and then she speaks once again about how we have to interpret everything that's going on through the lens of God's lordship, not in some type of shallow, dualistic theology that some of us have picked up in the contemporary church today, where it almost sounds like God and doubt the devil are equal in power, but somehow in the end, God's going to win. No, Hannah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, had a completely different lens, a completely different view. So she said, the Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low. He exalts. We need to understand that God is in charge of everything and that nothing in life can be so random that God doesn't have a purpose in it. God said he causes all things to work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose to, the conform, to conform us to the image of his son. So as we close today, beloved, I want to encourage you, let's live with this mindset, not a worldly mindset. Let's live with this heavenly mindset. God is the Lord. He's reigning over your life. We should be living for a heavenly reality because eternity is breaking in. And the Lord is wanting us to bring the eternal into the now because he's coming back quickly and you and I are going to stand before him. Every soul that's ever lived will be judged. There's a portion in God's word that I've really been putting myself under, asking the Lord to shepherd me into perfect obedience. It's the story of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus in Matthew 19. It's also repeated in Mark and Luke. And the rich young ruler says to Jesus, good teacher. Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God's good. And then the rich young ruler said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
Yeshua said, keep all the commandments. The rich young ruler said, I've done all the commandments from my youth. He was a moral man. Then Yeshua said to him, now go and sell everything you have and you will inherit the kingdom of God. And the Bible says the rich young ruler went away sad because he wasn't able to surrender his possessions to the Lord. And the disciples were really like, wow, who can inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus said, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Beloved, we don't have to earn our salvation, but Jesus is calling for us to surrender. Will you surrender your finances to him? Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yahweh, 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 the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony.
Friday's episode concludes the series, Hannah's Song Season 2. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen.